Okay, so I'm going to say right off the bat today that this is a bit of a warning. Um, This episode is not for anyone who's listening with children. If you're in a public space, you have me on speaker right now, or there are children in the car, please do not play this episode in their presence because I will be saying some very strong and explicit vocabulary. And so this episode is one that I would play with some earbuds in, in a place where you feel comfortable um, that is because we're going to be covering why we can't date in Islam. And a lot of people keep asking me this. And so I'm going to bring something back that I maybe put out a long time ago, but I'm definitely going to be referencing some real life guy girl stuff that happens. And I don't want the wrong set of little ears to hear. So let's go into it. Why men and women can't date in Islam. Assalamualaikum. Welcome back to the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, coming to you twice a week, Mondays and Fridays. But this month, this month as summer has come in, it is whoop, it is just like love in the air season. So we're doing actually two sets of episode um, series. I think I've never done that before at the same time. We're doing um, two. One is the love series, How to Find a Spouse by the Quran and Sunnah. I do about once a year, sometimes twice a year. So if you're catching it now, you are in the prime time, don't miss it because we'll probably just do it for um, maybe a couple more episodes. The other one is How the Prophet, peace be upon him, dealt with children. If you're a parent that wants to know how to get your kids to listen, get them to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, love the Quran, love their identity as a Muslim, we are diving deep into exactly how the Prophet peace be upon him from story after story and strategy after strategy dealt with children and formed him into the beautiful strong muslim character that we all wish and desire for our kids so who better to learn from them now we're not doing one of those episodes today but that is a series so i'm like kind of flipping it between love and parenting and love and parenting that way i can kind of hit all the notes as i know we have some people who are looking for spouses and some who have them and would like some support in their parenting so if the parenting one is you go back we've done two parts already we're either going to do three or four go back and enjoy and if today you're looking for understanding more about love how to find a spouse and all that good stuff then this is the episode for you now let me say just this morning and i was trying to put out the podcast before but It gets a little hairy over here sometimes. Sometimes my team really needs me. And they had a bunch of tech issues and I dove in and kind of had to help them work through them. And so I couldn't put out the podcast usually before. Like normally I'll put it out early, early in the morning. But today we already did have our session. So what happens is you might have gotten an email out for me if you're on my email list because I give you guys all the heads up before stuff happens. So make sure you're in there if you can. DM me on Instagram if you want to know more. But the truth is um, I already did a bonus episode episode. And the one I gave out today inside of the workshop was one of the most popular ones I've ever taught. One of the most popular ones that I think women always have said has had the highest impact in terms of um, helping them to have a good marriage. And it is the one that I do on the non-negotiables. But here's the thing. In the live workshop, I did it live. So it's one thing to hear me on a podcast. It's another thing, you know, um, to, to just get a printout of information. But it's something totally different if you get to ask me all your questions that you want to ask a guy and be like, is this a good one? What about this one? How can I say this a better way? So what I did was for about an hour there, I sat and I just gave women all the feedback and told them exactly how to craft everything that they do not want to happen in their marriage 
and they do and turn them into questions. That way these things, um, and what that does is it helps you avoid pain. It helps you avoid picking the wrong father for your children. I think people don't realize how powerful these moments of our life are. Like right now, right? Right now you're hearing this podcast. Who knows? Maybe you're driving. Maybe you're walking, right? But somehow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put it in your path because he wants to tell you something. Same thing with me. Sometimes I meet people out on the street, like had no intention of talking to that person, wasn't even, had never met them before. But he puts them in our life. He puts them before us to send a message. And maybe the message right now is that you're having trouble with guys and and connecting them with them in halal ways. Maybe you don't know how to do that. And that's why we're covering today's episode, Why Men and Women Can't Date in Islam. A lot of people are just, they don't get it. So I'm going to break it down. And I'm going to break it down really, really detailed, which is why this is a warning episode where I couldn't let little people listen to this one. A lot of moms say, I, I put you on blast in the kitchen while I'm washing dishes or I'm driving. And I didn't want that to be put out there. So like I said, in the workshop, I went in today into that. Um, in a couple of days, we're going to close it. I'm going to be honest. By the end of the week, maybe Friday, I'll still keep it open. Maybe not because that's the very first one. Um, we're doing bonus sessions right now. And that I'm going to go into the um, deep, deep, deep part of the workshop. And the workshop is for women looking for a spouse. And we're going into all of like the questions. I give away my master list and whatever. If you've heard me on the past podcast, then you know. I only have to repeat it because some people, this is their first episode. They haven't listened to me in a while. I get that a lot. So they're just like, oh, you know, I was busy or whatever. So alhamdulillah, um, today um, we just dropped that one. The replays only stay up a certain amount of time. You can still catch the replay if you get in today. So I'll put the link below or DM me on Instagram if you're interested. And also we'll be closing. So the seats are actually limited at this point. So if you are still interested, you were just like thinking about maybe, like I would just say, don't hesitate because if you finally decide to do it and they're gone, there's really little we can do. So just um, use the link below if you're interested. All right. So today we're going to talk about um, this video that um, that came out. It was in YouTube and it was it got I mean, now probably has over 12 million views back then it did. And subhanAllah, it was why men and women can't be friends. And I'm not covering that topic today. That's a whole nother topic. But the cool thing about that video was it was made by non-Muslims. And the question was, can men and women be friends? Now, we're not talking about that right now we're talking about dating but I just want to a little spoiler alert even the non-Muslims said no in the end because all the guys were like no you know in the end we just kind of are waiting for her to open the door and if she said yes I'd probably dive on in and then the girls were like what we're just friends he knows blah 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 and he's like nah so like even the non-Muslims could admit it all right but us as Muslims what we it, it tells us a little something about even our dating process um Dating in the Western world is very much that. It's Western, okay? It's not something we do in Islam. But the, the question always gets posed, well, sis, how am I supposed to get to know a guy? Well, here's the truth. You can't even get to know a guy that way. And, and if you think you can, it's, it's not all that it's sold to you that it's going to be. And, but it's, it's necessary to, to understand that there's all these questions that people have around, like, but how do I get to know him if that's not the way? And that's really why I'm doing the workshop. Because the question is, we're told to do it the halal way. What does that actually look like? How do you actually do it? Like, I break it down in there, guys. But I'm going to give you a snippet today. So first of all, we talked about the 50% failure. Right now, half of Muslim marriages are not even working out. But get, let me tell you something. Half a percent of Western ones are not either. Either those people that followed the love thing. They dated. They're, they're, doing, um, they're, they're doing all that stuff. They're not having success. 
Now we're not having success either, but is it because our process isn't isn't a, a more elevated one from Allah subhanahu wa taala? The problem with us is we're not using our process. If I say to you right now, how do you marry someone Islamically? A B C D. Go. Let me let, let me. What are the steps? Most people don't know, or they kind of know, or they've seen a wedding or two. Their friend who is Moroccan did this. Their friend who's Masri did this. Uh, their friend who's Pakistani did that. But you notice they all did it differently. Which one's right? Which one's not right? Are they a little bit right, a little bit wrong? Was that Islamic or was that cultural? I don't know. I'm confused. You see, because it's just a hot mess out there. Like, honestly, we're doing whatever. We're doing a mix of this and a mix of that. And we're kind of just fumbling through and we're messing it all up. Let's just be frank. And so what happens is a lot of us are using some Western techniques or cultural techniques. Both are not Islamic. So what we're having here, we're seeing here is that our rate of failure is matching the non-Muslims because we're using their techniques or once again, un-Islamic techniques. So what we're doing is we're depending on a broken system. It's like, it's, like, it's like Russian roulette. I want you to imagine if you had a gun and you put a bullet in it and you spun the, I don't even know what you call it, the chamber, and then you put it at your head and then you're like, let me see if I want to take a chance if one in, I don't, know how, I don't even know, I don't use guns, how many five things are in there and I could just like, you know, who would do that? No one. Russian roulette is something you wouldn't do. It's called a chance, a chance at huge suffering, right? It's a life or death thing. We're making that decision in our weddings. We're going, okay, 50-50 chance. If you do the dating thing, it's going to work out. It's not going to work out. Go. And everybody's diving right in. Everybody's trusting that process over, oh, I don't get it, over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's process, which is perfect. Why? Well, because people mostly don't understand what the process is. They don't understand how it works, which is why my major job at Mindful Muslimah is to empower and educate women to what that is so they can do it, so they can have better success. Proven fact that 80% of people who have that problem didn't, or now they're saying 90, didn't have any previous preventative education, which is what I do. I do like preventative, right? So here we are. Is marriage the real problem? Now, marriage is not the problem itself. It's the way we're approaching it. So there's a malfunction. The Western model is broken, okay? It's totally broken. People are miserable. Many people are getting cheated on. But the, and, 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 and many Christians and Jews who are really, really following their book also don't like that system also find it contrary to the right way. And so we're not alone, okay? There are many people who actually follow their book who also think that dating is wrong. If you go into some, you know, Christian conservative communities and, and Jewish Orthodox communities, we're not the only one. I know we always have to feel like we're weird, but we're not. We're not, guys. What's weird is dating because it's actually not even working. And I could tell you why. What is dating anyway? And this is where I'm going to get a bit deep. And this is where I'm going to get a bit personal. And this is where I'm going to get to say things that maybe are hard to say on the air, but I'm going to say it because we need to talk about it and stop pretending it's not happening. And when I say dating, I mean girls and guys start to talk. They find things that they have in common. Now, FYI, I just taught today in my workshop, those things are usually thin questions, the nonsense stuff. They're not the big stuff. Oh my gosh, you like this band? I like that too. Oh my gosh, you like to eat there? Me too. Like, first of all, Let's not even talk about the music part. That's a whole other conversation. I did a whole other podcast on music and 
how halal that is. But the point is, let's pretend it's about, oh my gosh, this food. Oh yeah, you like that class. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Like these are the most um, empty questions we could start with to use to find compatibility. And so when we think about long-term marriage, it's a whole different approach. And so let's pretend you do that thing, right? You like find some commonalities. We're sharing our dreams, our desires. We both want to study this. We both want to move here. And people think of love like it's this rosy picture of finding the person who's going to be with them for the rest of their life. But if we could just get off the Korean dramas, if we could just get off the Bollywood stuff for five minutes, we would see that those things are not real. That's not how people actually get married, okay? It's so far from that. Now, let's stop talking rosy and innocent for a minute. All I said was talk. They're talking. But what happens after the talking, okay? Do we know where I'm going? Usually after we start talking to get to know someone, you know, the girl's going to start to feel a little something for the guy. He's going to feel a little attracted. She's going to feel a little spark, a little love, a little attraction. And they both start to have these overwhelming feelings. That's a fact. The majority of women that I see that, that get stuck on a guy, even though they know he's bad for them, it's all that whole like emotional hook, Right? So that's because they ask thin questions. That's the big fat mistake, which is why, like I said, all I'm doing this month is teaching here on the podcast, in my school, in the workshop, is how to avoid those common pitfalls because that's what that is right there. Getting emotionally hooked, asking the thin, nonsensical questions first, okay? So then what happens is they get these little like warm and fuzzy feelings. Still maybe innocent, kind of, right? Not really. They both have these feelings. They start to get a little curious, They start to get a little maybe closer when they sit or affectionate and all these things. And after a while, guys, there's only so much those thoughts can stay in your head. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you are a mother, it is not you. You're just curious for your teen. Yes, this is what is happening because this is life, right? This is how it works. Maybe this is the way it was back when you were younger and I was younger. Allahu alam. The point of the matter is we're human. Humans get pulled by feelings or attractions, and then they act on them. The, 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 that part in itself is already on the road to Zinna and whatever. But let's pretend we're not even going into Zinna. Pretend we're just talking about alone. Well, what did we say? What did Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi say? When two people are alone, Shaitan is the third. Khalas. He's already sealing the deal. He's like, this is not a good idea. The Prophet has already established that. But we do it anyway. You're doing it on a chat alone on the internet. What do you think you're the only one who's watching that chat? Do you think there, is, there are no witnesses? All of the angels are witnessing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is witnessing. Shaitan is just grinning away. He's like, Psh, keep it going, right? Or you want to do it in, the, in a public space. We're at the cafe in a public place. It's halal, right, sister? Definitely not. I'm just going to, I love to be raw. Definitely not. Let's stop playing. It's not, it's not halal. I don't know who's telling you it's halal. You're single friends. Oh, don't be extreme. This is allowed. No, no, there's no Islamic basis in these statements. People just making stuff up. So I'm just saying, here we are, right? Now, it's widespread in the community. Let's look at the after effects of what happens next, right? At right now, it's fairly innocent compared to what we know really happens, okay? And I wish we could just stop there. You know, we're in relationships. They could just talk, get to know each other like it was the 1950s, you know. But I'll tell you what happens after that. After that, it gets physical. It does. I don't, we could all pretend it's not. 
but it does. And I'll tell you what happens. The reason I know is because I've been doing this for 20 years in the Muslim community and women start to feel comfortable with me. They're like, oh my gosh, you're like my big sister. You're like my khala. You're like my cousin. You're like my whatever. And then they're like, can I ask you a question? I'm kind of in the situation where, and that's how it happens. There's many people on the internet, you see like certain type of famous speakers, a mashaykh, and they explain the same thing. How many emails they get. Can you just answer this question? I got this crazy dynamic going on, this relationship thing, kind of halal haram. Like, what should I do? I get DMs all the time on Instagram. Long, drawn out, written. By the way, I can't answer them. I have to only do things on 15-minute phone calls. And I'll be honest with you because I have thousands of those DMs, number one. And number two, because I cannot talk to you about these very critical things over DMs and Instagram. I, I won't. Making mistakes and playing with people's lives, it's really serious. And I take it very serious. I need to talk to you personally. And if you're too shy, then you're not really interested in learning. And I tell you why. Because Rasulullah used to teach us that in the time, that time in the Sahaba and even the women, the women would go approach guys about menstruation, the Mashaykh, without, without fear. Like, what? I don't want to miss my prayer. That's really important. I'm more caring about that than being embarrassed in front of you. Oh, you have no hayat. Of course they do. They have so much hayat that they don't want to, to ruin their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're actually better. So being too shy to talk and to ask, it's not going to benefit you. You know the people who don't learn? The people who are shy. And the people who are arrogant. It's ironic, right? The people who are shy don't learn because they're too shy to ask questions. Too shy. Don't want anybody to think bad of me. I'm stupid. I don't know. And the people who are not learning also the arrogant. I already know. I don't need that information. What can she teach me? What can he teach me? Right? Both of them, they will never learn. This is, this is like the fool. So we want to make sure that we understand that Islamic, you ask, sister. You find that secure person, place, it's safe and ask. That's why I have, like I said, inside the workshop, it is a safe space. I allow women to ask. And so you do whatever you need. But I want to tell you, Everybody comes up to me and they pull me aside and they tell me this stuff. And I've spoken in several, several communities, whether it's in New York City or it's in Dubai or it's wherever. And this is the outcome. Now, how is the Western approach different from the Muslims? Well, let me explain to you something here. There are no real boundaries in the West. And I don't care if you're in the UK, if you're in the, uh, America, Canada, Australia, Finland. I have women from all over. I don't care. Let me explain to you something. And this is 2022. I, I, it's worse now. I wish it was getting better. It's getting worse. There is no boundaries for guys and girls and females. For example, you think you're talking to some random guy. You're, you're hitting him up on TikTok or Snapchat or wherever you want to hit him up. And then, subhanAllah, you think he's only talking to you. That's the mistake right there, sis. Because at the end of the day, if he's so comfortable just to start a chat with you on a private place, he has no hayat. And we have to question if we do either. I know we're usually super innocent and we don't mean it and we're just trying to find love. And, but that's still, that's still, we should be more shy than that to talk to a random person. So he's not too shy. So if he's not too shy to talk to you, he's not too shy to talk to a lot of people. So he might be talking to and usually is multiple girls. So you have to understand in the West, there is nothing wrong with that. In Islam, we're going to say, oh, haram. Haram, they don't know haram. There's no haram. They're just like, what? I have friends. I can talk to whoever I want. Psh, not like we're dating. Psh, not like we're married. They have no boundaries. And I don't say that in a way to, to offend a non-Muslim. I say that like their boundaries are not like our boundaries is what I mean. They have a different standard of what is okay and not okay. So you can't pretend like that's not happening. 
their world is a different world. And now because so many Muslims are behaving like non-Muslims, we have done that ourselves. Everything is adi. Everything's like, oh, what? You know? Now, these days, women are doing it as well. Let's be real. Let's not just poke on the guys. Let's just say what the girls are doing, too. The girls are also talking to multiple guys at once. Yes, I see you. <laughs> it's not my business, but I'm just telling you I know it happens, right? Because I'm keeping it real. So the point of this podcast is not to call people out. The point of this podcast is to point out what is happening so we can educate ourselves on what to do instead right? So that's what's happening. And how can you not know, right? There are social media chats and platforms everywhere. And, you know, no matter what we're doing, you can even maybe meet up in person, you know, and, and like, again, you think that guy is the only one you're talking to him. You met him in that cafe. You met him on the college campus, chatting with him in the hallway. You think he's the only girl. Look how comfortable he's talking to you. Look how easy it is for him to say whatever. I'll give you a little wink, give you a little smile. And the worst I hate is when everybody's like, hugs, oh my gosh, hug it out. Hey, what's up? Like, haram. Like, guys, don't let girls, like, don't let guys touch you. Why are you letting guys touch you? You look so easy to them. Please, sisters. Please, I say this with zero judgment. I'm just begging you. Don't let people touch you. Don't people shake your hand. Don't people hug it out. Oh the vibe we're giving the vibe that you can do that with us we're cool with that well i want to be cool i want him to know i'm cool you know blah 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 no him he doesn't translate as like oh she's chill he translates as she's easy she's open she's very easy to get to do you feel me guys don't translate things the same way we do we're very like nicey nicey they're very like they're taking a different vibe. So we have to be really, really careful. We have to show them from the beginning that like, no, we're very sacred. Like not everybody can just like touch us or something. In the West, men do watch porn. I told you I'm going to say buzzwords. I don't like to say this word. And that's the one time I'm going to say the big P word. But I just said it. It's very natural. I can't tell you the epidemic we have right now. Many girls are watching it. I know that. I'm very well aware of all the women watching this stuff on their phone at night. And men. Allah sees you. I need you to know something. It is worse than just the phone. The phone is like, you know, that's between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, may Allah forgive. May Allah forgive those. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy. Because it, it becomes an addiction, right? It becomes an addiction. Many people, they're struggling silently. You can't admit in the Muslim community I'm addicted to, the, to watching the pee thing. I, you, can't, you can't admit that to people. Oh, what are they going to think of me? But you need help. So here's the thing. The more you watch it, the easier it's going to be to watch it. And the more your idea of what's normal doing those things is going to become totally jaded. That stuff is not normal. So what happens is men are watching that stuff. And they have crazy thoughts in their mind right now of what's going to happen with them and some other female. And it's totally unnatural. And then what happened is they get in these situations with these females and they think like this stuff is like no big deal because they have exposed their eyes and their ears and whatever else enough so much time that they have no hayat, they have no like filter. So at, at this point, they're so open to haram. It's a very silent, unconscious thing. It's not like they're intending to do it, but like even a good Muslim if they're doing it. And there are. There are good Muslims who they're falling prone to this. This is why parents giving the phones to the kids at a young age is dangerous. You're like handing them the whole world. And and I had, I had even one of my children accidentally when they were younger, they typed the word toys. 
toys into the internet and they saw all sorts of things. And they went, and that was back when we had blockers and parent blockers because that stuff is maybe past 10 years. My kids are in their 20s. So what I want to tell you is in the Western world, cheating is also prevalent. It's very natural. I don't like you. I switch you. I get somebody else. What are you going to do? Who are you going to complain to? Who are you complaining to? He can do that. He wants to move on. He's going to move on. What? He doesn't find you pretty anymore? Well, you're ugly. Oh, well. Moving on. This is what we're exposing ourselves to. Sis, you're not just talking to him. He has a different standards. If he's a non-Muslim, be careful. If he's a Muslim, again, following non-Muslim standards, because many Muslims have crossed over. They're basically living the Muslim life, listening to music, going to parties, hanging out. Maybe they're drinking. Maybe they're smoking weed. Maybe they're whatever. I don't really need to know. I already know what happens. The point is their standards are Western. So their behavior is Western. It's a mentality. With the mentality, everything becomes no big deal. Rasulullah he said that the worst, worst people are the ones who sin and have no shame. They're like, what? There's nothing lower. So here's the thing. If the guy's going to talk to you without any shame, DM you, quiet, blah, 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 meet up with you, talk to you, it's dangerous. This is the dating thing, okay? This is what's happening. Everything I've described to you has nothing to do with love. It is a lot of pain. Because you know what it feels like to be cheated on? It sucks, right? Who knows? Who's listening to this right now and knows somebody, you found out they're, they're, they're following other girls, chatting with other girls. I have even, uh, even uh, women who are married have this problem because they didn't weed out the bad guys first. They really, really had, did not ask the right questions. They fell in love. They thought he, he was only going to love them. Then they married him. And then he's talking to other girls still after the marriage. If he's going to talk to you that loose now, is he going to talk to other females when you're married? They usually do. Why should they not? What? You knew that when you met him. You knew that when you were getting to know him. A lot of girls are engaged to guys that are talking to other girls. And they're like, oh, should I, should I bother him? I don't want to tell him what to do. I don't want to be his mom, but, you know, I really don't like it. You should not talk to a guy who has friends with other girls. If you don't agree with me, that's okay. But I'm just telling you, just see what happens. It's going to be a lot of jealousy. It's going to be a lot of pain. And one day when he's in his marriage with you, hopefully not haram relationship, but marriage with you, guess what's going to happen? He's going to be mad at you one day, right? Who's going to look better that day? Anyone else. The only person you're safe with, sisters, is someone who fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why. You don't need him to fear you. You need him to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because only Allah will protect him from himself. Same thing with us, right? To be fair. To be fair. Now, the worst case scenario is you get with the guy. And then you end up pregnant. I told you I'm going to have to say, a'udhu billah, things that are not good to say. But I, somebody who's going to talk about this? Because this is what is happening. Some sisters, a'udhu billah, they have abortions on the down law. Yes, they do. Okay? Because they don't need their parents to know. There's other things worse, but I cannot even say them on the air that are happening. That they're doing to avoid being pregnant, but still being physical. I can't even say them. I won't. And they're just horrendous. Okay? But at the end of the day, I know they're happening. And you know they're happening if you're aware. So here's the thing. At the end of the day, let's pretend you do get pregnant. Then, then what will you do? He, if he's a non-Muslim, let me tell you what will happen right now. He will leave you. 
nine out of ten times. If he stays, alhamdulillah, good for you. But now you're mar- going to marry a non-Muslim, which is not even permissible. Okay? So let's pretend. He, he doesn't have any obligation to you, is my point. Islamically, he should marry you. He should take care of you. He should have shahada. He should. We're not talking about Islam if you're talking to non-Muslim guys. If you're talking to a Muslim guy, he still might run away from you, right? Why? Because you crazy? Tell my parents I got a girl pregnant. You crazy? My parents will disown me. Uh, they're not going to pay for my college. They're going to cut my phone. I'm going to be shamed in front of the community. Uh, if I don't really, I didn't really want to marry you anyway. And then when I go to get married, that's going to ruin everything to some other girl. And there you are, alone, in pain. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? It didn't have to happen. That's what I'm trying to tell you. When I talk about why we can't date in Islam, it's because dating is more than talking. I went everywhere, right? Where did I just go? I went into the touching. I went into like the crazy bad stuff people are watching and doing together. And I went as far as the zina and I went as far as what could happen after the zina, which is the pregnancy. This is what is happening in 2022. Let's stop playing like this stuff isn't happening. And I know too many girls hurt. And I knew too many girls who did that. And you know what? They feel bad. And alhamdulillah, they made tawbah. Okay, good. Come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah forgives you. Allah forgives you, sister. And he wants you to have hope in knowing that if he forgives you, you can forgive yourself. You're not a bad person. You just got lost. Right? I understand. I don't want you to hate yourself. I just have to say what's really happening so we can stop pretending it's not happening. So we can get you help. So we can show you the better way. The way that's way less painful and way more successful. And that is the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala originally established in the Quran and Sunnah. Now here's the problem. Most people don't want to read the book, right? They don't have time. Right? Ain't nobody got time, right? I know. But here's the thing. It's like, it's like, it's like you know, you go to college, some of you, you go to take the test and then like right before the test, the day before, the teacher gives you the packet that has all the answers. He's like, here you go. Just study this. You'll pass. And people are like, what? This probably isn't real. Who really is going to give me all the answers to the test? Now, there's three categories of people. There's the person who's going to take that and chuck it and be like, whatever, careless, totally heedless. Be like, that's not even real. Or just be like, whatever, and get busy and just don't even like get to go out and hang out with their friends and not even study at all, even though they were given the answer. There's going to be the person that kind of believes it, fiddles with it, takes some of it, leaves other parts. Maybe they'll pass the test 50-50. And there's going to be the person who gets handed those answers and goes like, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, and uses it. And they do well. Well, guess what? That cheat sheet is the Quran. It is the sunnah Rasulullah it was given to us how to find the guy and do it without pain and to do it with complete success. And we have so many stories. Like, for example, in the workshop, I'm going to tell a story probably in the next day or two about a successful marriage that happened in the time of the tabi'in. And we have so many examples, but we don't know them because we don't take a moment, right? We're too busy. But we're not too busy to be in a lot of pain, right? You think you're saving time by not learning. I don't got time. But you're spending a lot of time doing it wrong. A lot of time in pain and maybe setting yourself up. And marriage is like 40 to 50 years. It's pretty long. It's not something to play with. It's not like shoes on Amazon. You return it. It's not like buying a purse and be like, oh, this color, no, it doesn't suit me. No, it's not like that. We're talking about something pretty permanent. And we're talking about something with kids, right? Don't the children that you're going to have deserve a father who loves them, who's not going to be bad to their mother, who's going to show them what a good man looks like so that they can find their own good man when they're older if they're a girl or be a, a amazing husband if they're a boy right 
They deserve that. That starts with you. That starts with you learning. And knowledge is power. And knowledge is going to make you confident. It's going to make you clear. And it's going to help you prevent any future pain of this type of divorce stuff. So here's the thing. Pain in the long run, it's drama, it leaves women completely unprotected. That's what dating does because there is zero commitment from the guy's side. The guy does not have to take care of you, sis, if things go wrong. He does not have to take care of you. There is no obligation in a dating situation. In a marriage situation, he is. And Allah has our interest at heart. That's what I want you to understand. Allah has our interest at heart. A lot of you guys know we have something called the Muslim Marriage Lab. It's a huge, huge, full course where I teach this in 100% detail. What I'm doing in the interview workshop is I'm taking just little pieces and at least I'm teaching you how to ask the questions, how to weed out the guys, how to know like this guy, he's just going to be bad news from the beginning, how to, how to spot a red flag here and there and how to know what to ask to figure out if it's going to work out for you. This is the small piece. There's so much more to do, but it's not something that takes a lot to learn. A lot. This is what I want to say to women because I know women keep using the whole like I'm busy, but here's the thing. How busy are you? This is the rest of your life. Right? This is 40, 50 years of your life. And if you can't take four weeks, four weeks, which is all I teach it in, four weeks to learn this stuff, then we deserve what we get, sisters. I'm being honest. I made the mistake. I, you guys know my story. First time married around, didn't know, ends up divorced with two kids. That's actually worse because it's a lot of pain and the poor kids. But it wasn't, it wasn't anyone's fault, but I, I, didn't, I didn't know. Allahu alam, nobody taught me. And I did the Western way. Because I didn't know, like, um, I didn't like dating. I just wanted to get married right away from young. I found somebody who I think, you know, mashallah, they'll be a good guy. He seemed so sweet. He was nice. He was this. Yeah, but, but I'm not asking the important questions. I missed huge red flags. Ones that really ruined my marriage. And I thought I, I thought I figured it out, but I'm not. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and they deem themselves self-sufficient. I thought I got this. I'm smart. You know, I got a degree. No. It's not like that. It's a different kind of smart. It's a different kind of information. You have to learn it. So here I was, right? But then I said, I'm not going to let that happen to myself again. I went and said, under scholars, I learned. And now I try to prevent women all over the world. There's 100, women in 144 countries who, who work with us. And I want them to have a better life. I want our vision in Mindful Muslimah is to empower women so that they can bring themselves from this level of struggling to thriving and become women of impact so that they can impact the next generation and the next and the next. But that starts with you learning something. So here's the thing. Islam has very high standards. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has very high standards for you. And at the end of the day, he wants men to be good to you. He wants you to protect yourself from the ones who are going to harm you. And the sad plight of our women today is that for the last 20 years in all my women's groups, all I hear is stories upon stories, and I feel like I'm a firefighter. I feel like I'm like the whole town is on fire and I'm the only one here to put out the blaze. There are so many people suffering from this thing I'm talking about in this podcast. It is profound. And I really hope it resonates with a lot of you about all this whole like pain that goes into everything. And the problem with our women is when guys do all this stuff and they reject us, they, it starts to make us feel bad about ourselves. Let's go there. Let's talk about the other side effect, which is the self-esteem. Okay, maybe you didn't get pregnant. Maybe you didn't get caught out there for what you did. But you feel horrible about yourself. And then you start to feel like you're not worth it. Or no, Allah's not going to forgive you. Or you don't forgive yourself. Or maybe I'm ugly. That's why he left me and she's prettier. And you start to doubt. You doubt you. You doubt Allah. You doubt your life. And you're in depression. Or you're in anxiety. You're afraid. What if, what if, what if the next guy is as bad as that guy? What if that guy dupes me too? What if this? What if that? And we live in this what if life. But you know what? Rasulullah he says, you know, that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you follow him, 
you'll find him in front of you. You'll find him at your side. You'll find him behind you. You'll find him protecting you. You'll find him protecting you like a, like a, like a wally. He will, he will take complete control and protection of your situation if you do the right thing. He will not let anyone harm you. But when we're not in the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are so exposed. We are so out there. Why? Why do we do that to ourselves? It's so dangerous. So the alternative is, one day I was praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when I told you I was divorced and I was asking Allah, show me a better way. Show me a better way. And I saw all these other women around me too str struggling. Like, Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb, but this is a horrible place to get married. Well, I can't find people in the West. It's too hard. And there's people in the East, okay? I understand. We're talking about even like the, the Eastern, there's a whole other dynamic, right? We have people in all the other communities who they have all different things. It's all cultural. It's all cultural. It's all like, uh, you know, these are the rules. May they make up their own rules. This is why I say you can't just follow our families either because their back home way is not necessarily Islamic. There's some mixy, mixy stuff going on, okay? But here's the thing. At the end of the day, we have to find out the right way, the way to do things better because if we don't, we're just going to end up like the statistic, the 50%, the Russian roulette. Are you going to put the gun to your head and take a chance? 50% this marriage will work, 50% not. I'm going to drop a money on a henna and a, and a wedding and 20000 40000 I'm going to let him buy me the jewelry. I'm going to get the mahar. I'm going to have everybody take pictures. I'm going to announce it on Instagram. I'm going to be put out there. And in one year, we're going to get divorced. And I'm going to be somebody like, okay, who's going to marry me now? Because that's what's happening. We're doing this 50-50 thing. And it doesn't have to happen like that. So today, I hope you understand why dating Islam doesn't work. What works instead is getting married by the Quran and Sunnah. And I'm not quoting some extreme thing where you can't see the guy, you don't even know him. There are ways to get to know him. I teach it. I'm teaching it right now, this week. So inshallah, if you want to jump in there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'm going into how the sit-down goes. I'm going to model a sit-down. I'm going to give you everybody who's in there. Um, I give it away inside of my, my actual full course, which is a full master list of the 95 questions, a whole bunch of stuff. You don't have to ask 95 questions. That's another mistake people make it's just there's a list of a lot of things but i'll teach all the different types of questions when to ask them and all that stuff if you are into that if that feels like that's something you want to do to avoid everything i just said to learn the way allah said the alternative way which is the original way the way that the sahaba had a long time ago if we were in the presence of the prophet but it is timeless and it works in 2020 i promise you all my kids are married this way and the women are in our school we help them to marry that way and I want you to know there is always the protection of Allah. There is a cure for every disease in society. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the cure. He's always had the cure. He gave us the answers. We're just not using them. All right? So if you want some of those, let me know. You can DM me on Instagram. You can um, check the link below. But I love you for the sake of Allah. You have an amazing, amazing weekend. Get out there and enjoy some beautiful weather. And I will talk to you in the next one. Look out for more bonus episodes that will be coming between Monday and Friday. And if you are listening to this um, in the beginning of the week on Monday, you have an amazing week ahead. But we're definitely dropping some more bonus podcasts during the week between now and the workshop. So I will see you in the next one. Assalamu alaikum. Rahmatullahi. Barakatuh.